Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We're back with another great edition of the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. Joining me, as always, is my guy, Memes, Auburn Memes, that is. Follow him on Twitter at Auburn Memes. Memes, Auburn has Texas A&M this Saturday. The opener uh, for SEC play for Hugh Freeze and the Tigers, they'll be hitting the road and headed to College Station uh, to face their first SEC opponent of the season. We're doing predict. This is prediction time. So uh, I have cooked all week on this memes. I have been on every radio show everywhere and told people what I think. It's time to hear what you think about what Auburn is going to do on Saturday. First of all, before you give a prediction, how are you feeling about Auburn headed into Saturday? Yeah, so I'm a little uh, little mixed bag on this because okay. I've, I've had a lot of emotion uh, the past few months about what A&M will and won't be, and it's kind of gone up and down. And like, oh, they're going to suck. Oh, they're going to win the West. And now I think we're just somewhere kind of in the middle because the, the, the West and the SEC as a whole, I think, is just down. And it is honestly, at this point, anybody's chance to seize it. Now, it I feels like it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think LSU's right there in the driver's seat, but we've seen – Plenty of teams in the past that have been in the driver's seat to seize the West and not get it. All it takes is that one game to slip up and that one game to step up. So it's uh, still anybody's game to snag. And a I mean, let's be real. They've got the talent to do it. I mean, on paper, blue chip ratio, you look at that purely like there's no reason they shouldn't. But I think uh, you got to look at the guy at the top of the top of the coaching chart and maybe circle that as the fault here. So uh, it, this is going to sound like, this is definitely going to sound like an insult, and I really, really intend it to be. Okay. But I think, like, any time Jimbo Fisher's the coach of AM, like, you can count on them to potentially lose any game. Is this, look, is, does Auburn have a chance to officially, officially, officially light the hot, the 2023 hot seat for Jimbo Fisher? Like, do you think he could survive a loss here in at home to Auburn, to this Auburn team? So I, mean, I think I think it's going to depend on the type of loss. Like how how do they lose? What does the game look like? If this is another Miami type situation, uh, it is going to be it, the headlines are going to be incredible, and I will be looking at every single one of them. But here's the deal about it. I mean, it was very much the game last year was a hey who who's playing to not lose in the West. That is most definitely going to be a factor for this A&M team. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a little bit of a revenge game for them there because this was probably a, uh, you know, that, that probably wasn't a very fun 
game for them to have. I mean, both teams didn't play fantastic. Auburn just played a little bit better than AM and did what it took to win there. So maybe the I, I can't necessarily speak for the psyche of AM, but maybe mm. they're gonna have this game circle a little bit. Mm. Uh so <clears throat> jumping to what it uh what it, what it's gonna mean here for the teams and kind of like the grand out uh, outlook and the hot seat and all that. Uh, I think both teams are in a very similar trajectory right now. So hear me out. You had two cupcake teams that you both beat pretty well, which Auburn had uh, UMass and Sanford. A&M had New Mexico and UL La Monroe. Monroe. And then Auburn had a very, very rough game against Cal on the road. That Against a won. bad Cal team on the road, yeah. by the way. Go ahead. And then A&M had a, a road game versus a non-con with Miami. That was, a, you know, I think, safe to say now, as, as it stands for today, is a pretty good Miami team, but they got the brakes beaten off of them. So I think both teams are very much at a similar crossroads for, like, this game is definitely going to – decide the trajectory of the season. And, and even you look after that, like where are they really going to go? Well, AM's got an Alabama team and Auburn's got a Georgia team coming up here soon. Well, those could be some losses. And then you've got the Arkansas at Arkansas for AM. Who knows so that could be with that away game. And Auburn's kind of got that one with Old Miss. So, you know, you've definitely got a situation where maybe these teams over the next four games after this one could come out, probably best case scenario, 50%. Right, uh, right. Or they could lose all four in a row. So, I mean, they, they have a very, very similar trajectory. And I think this game is going to be a strong dictator for which direction each program goes in and up and or down. And it's uh, it's probably going to be pretty bumpy after this one. So I think if you trip up here, you're going to be tumbling down some steps for either team, whoever loses. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You, you bring up an interesting point about schedules, right? Like Auburn and Hugh Freeze talked about this Monday in the presser that they're getting ready to play a string of teams that have recruited extremely well, like top five well in LSU, Georgia and Texas A&M in back to back to back games. Right. Uh, they get a break between they get a bye week between Georgia and LSU. Um, but uh, yeah. And then for A&M, right, they get Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, Ole Miss. That's a brutal stretch of games that they're about to head into. Uh, so this game could define whether one team has a chance to hit seven, eight wins or barely make or miss a bowl game. I think, in my, in my opinion, if you're Auburn, 4-0 is like your dream scenario to start a season. A&M looks pretty regular, but... Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what, what, again, Hugh Freeze is a first year head coach, right? So this, the loss here is not going to put him on the hot seat. Certainly is going to put Jimbo on the hot seat though. I mean, that make, that would make him what three and two and the first five games when you started as a top 25 team, yikes, man, that's going to yeah, be it would, interesting. It, yeah. It'd be, it'd be miserable. And you know, Arkansas is kind of have their having some of their rough patches now. So, I mean, that if it was, let's say AM. Let's just say hypothetically, Auburn just Miami's AM and AM is just you know, licking their wounds going into Fayetteville. Arkansas is kind of in a weird place right now with kind of their fans and the KJ situation and this and that. So that could just be one of those ugly kind of it's an 11 a.m. game. So AM's got two 11 a.m. games in a row. So you got that one against Auburn this upcoming weekend. And you got to go to 11 a.m. in Fayetteville. So just, you know, on that schedule. 
Yeah. And then after that, you got to go to, you got to play Alabama. It is at AM, but the, it's a momentum thing there. Cause you, you're going to say, all right, it was definitely some losses here in the middle of the season. We want to kind of keep, we want to keep the pendulum swinging strong to have a, some momentum to sort of get through the morale dips that those losses are going to have. But I mean, you look at where they're at there. If you have an ugly game with Arkansas, say you lose that, you're probably going to lose to Alabama too. Tennessee's still really talented. You play them at Tennessee. And then South Carolina, he saw it's at AM, he saw tenacious they looked. And then old, I mean, I mean, legitimately, and this is gonna sound crazy, but both teams, Auburn and AM, have a track to where they could potentially, if things go sour, they could potentially lose out. So each one of them has has a matchup with Mississippi State, who I, I think is gonna be the loser in the West. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's a long, that's gonna be a long and bumpy road for them and as well as it could be for Auburn. So, I mean, I really do think the, uh, I think the winner of this game has wind in their sails. I, I don't know how Auburn is going to fare with Georgia LSU. I, I got earlier, I got the LSU and Ole Miss game switched up. So I'm going to say Ole Miss instead of LSU. So that was my fault for getting those switched up. But that's what I mean is like, I hate to say it, but I mean, it's probably not looking good that Auburn's going to beat LSU and Georgia. So that might mean you're, Next most likely win on the schedule is going to be Ole Miss. Even if you have a pretty solid showing out here, I don't, I don't think anybody, unless you've got the thickest orange and blue goggles on the planet. Well, I had uh, Ole Miss for C. I'm in Georgia. I'm in, I'm in beating Georgia. <laughs> okay, yeah, I had Ole Miss in the toss column on my on my preseason predictions. I think that that's looking pretty good right now. But yo, yo, hey, you had all right, all right. Can I can I <laughs> yeah, throw yeah, some shade? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know let's, where this is going. Let's let's talk about this. Let's, let's have Mike this out. G. All right, all right. Mike G. Went up and it was all like you know to a you kind of I'm not say you broke the internet, but you might have cracked part of the Auburn corner of it with going real hard with this A and M as a boss. Mm-hmm. And now you're throwing it as a loss. What's up with that? Yeah, listen. I mean, you you have to you you have to account for new information, right? You have to account for new information. Auburn has not looked offensively like I thought they would look through three games. So, mm-hmm. th- being that this game is on the road, even though they played well in College Station, I think personally, if they play like they played on Saturday, they get beat by ten points or more. Like I, I, I don't. A lot of people were like, "Oh, Payne Thorne, this, that." I was like, "Well, the hundred yards just wiped that out. That's completely meaningless. All, All right. the yards he ran for, meaningless. Um, he still turned the ball over twice. No matter where you put that, those interceptions, he still turned. He still threw them. He threw. He made two turnovers. If that happens Saturday, I, I can't see Auburn. I don't see Auburn winning a shootout at this point. I don't. I thought that this offense would be better when I made that prediction, and now I have to account for what I'm seeing. And what I see is a team that's struggled offensively so far to so, start the season. Are we doing predictions right now, or doing right? For, I know you tell us out there. Do I need to do it now? We say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can do predictions and continue the conversation. I mean, who do you got winning this one? So I've had a And M in the loss column. Since we put the graphic out. Oh, oh, okay. That's right. You did put them in the in yeah. the L's. Yeah, we had AM in the L's. And obviously, as you say, I think it is fair the week of with new information that is given from the, you know, it's obviously not the preseason anymore. There's a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, you know, I guess tangibles we're, we're de- dealing with right now. 
but I'm keeping this one in the loss column. I feel pretty, uh, I feel pretty solid about it. So let's, let's go with a few man. quick little bullet. Yeah. yeah hey, we're, I, my goal this year, after, after I put Penn state in the boss last year, my goal this year is to, I got to pay my pence and um, you know, make up for it. Fair so, enough. you know, we're three and with the boss loss and toss, which, you know, obviously the cow and the toss was a safe. We've gone over. That was a, a safe toss, which, you know, caught, caught some hands for that, but Hey, it aged well. Uh, this one's just saying the loss, but I think the and I just think it's really stupid. I'm going to call some people out here. A lot of people are like, oh man, the the uh, the way game, the way teams always won this one. I'm like, that was years ago. That has yeah. no precedence to today's game. It was a different coach, different play. I mean, everything is so different about that. Like, it, it, it you can't base your assumptions and predictions off like odd coincidences like that. Or I'm going to sit here and be like, hmm, okay. What's overcast today? Auburn is sixty-four percent in wins when it's overcast. So I'm going to pick that. Like that's just you know weird coincidences don't necessarily correlate to accurate predictions. So I don't think that has anything to do with anything. Statistically speaking, for real statistics, is the home team has an advantage. Are A and M fans going to be hopped up for this game? Probably so. Are they going to seize a chip on the shoulder from last year? I don't know. I'm sure they're looking at it as, hey, this is is our SEC opener. This is a way for us to gain some momentum and win to the sales. We want this win. We got to come out strong. So that is where I think it's going to be for them. It's just going to be a statement game for them. It's going to be a a first SEC game. But to Auburn's advantage, it's an 11 a.m. game, which does help kind of level that playing field. It's not going to be as loud. The home team might be a little more sleepy. You know, there's there's some uh, there's some good things about that. So I mean, that's a that's definitely a break for this one. And you know, just got to count on them to be sloppy. But I I don't see a scenario here where Auburn wins this one. I, I think what's going to happen. I think you're going to get back to this identity of is kind of how it was for the past few years. Auburn would look one way at home and look completely different on the road. They haven't showed me anything to change my opinion on that mm. I mean, how they looked at Cal and everything. So I'm, I agree with you. I'd listen. Yeah. You might, you, I think the away game, if it's at home, I think Auburn might have a chance here, but it's an away game. So just, I think it's going to be, we're going to see this team struggles on the road, how we kind of had in years past. Yeah. I mean, you might be the smartest guy I've talked to all week. Everybody's arguing with me about this. And like I said, even though I put it in the boss column, um, after the first three games of the season, the information that I see, the things that I see with my eyes, the struggles. This is not about how confident I am in Texas A&M. This is about how down I am on Auburn's offense. Now, defensively, I think that they have a chance to make this a game. But what kind of situations is this offense going to put this defense in? Are they going to give A&M a bunch of short fields? You know, um, some things that you can remember Sanford the Sanford game was zero zero at the end of the first quarter. If they yeah. start like that, I, I don't think they can win this game. I think you got to get some points in the first quarter. Um, and you know, this team is not built to come from behind either, let alone on the road. Right. Well, yeah, new, new clock rules are just messing everybody up. And I know we it's talked tough. about this off air, but the deal with the Sanford game is, those first few drives, it was literally Sanford had to drive. Auburn had to drive that ended an interception. And then Auburn only got about a drive and a half that entire first quarter. Sure. Now, if you look for the rest of the game, Auburn was finishing drives in 
well under three minutes. Some were less than a minute of just game time, not real time. So there's a lot of factor with that. But with the new clock rules, with Auburn not doing great with the run game, that I just haven't seen that Auburn has been able to control the clock and manage it because it seems to be when they've scored, now it's really tough sample size because you're looking at UMass and Sanford in there. When they've scored, it's kind of been on these big, big, deep pass plays. Like, you know, the, the Jay – the Jay Fair catches, mm-hmm. the um, even I guess it was a garbage time, but you know the the big pass that Robbie had to Michael Riley. I really think the only just like chip 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 away drive that we really remember seeing, I was like, okay, that looked like somewhat semblance of a complete drive was the in the cow game when you had uh, when you capped it off with the pass to uh, Fairweather, which you can even maybe say that was still a. Yeah, I'm not, it was a, you know, it wasn't like you were within the five yard line and ran a few red zone plays. You kind of bombed it in there. So it's a, it's kind of a, I don't know. Like, are they going to be able to put together kind of consistent chip away drives without stalling out and be able to control the clock, keep aiming on the field? Points. You got to score yeah, points. And that was the problem with the, the, the Sanford game is you, you took, I think it was 15 plays. They took to get down the field. I think it was almost six minutes of game time. And then they threw an interception in the end zone. So if you're going to take that kind of time off the clock and you're going to keep AM's defense on the field that long, you've got it in those drives and points. And then you can't go out there and have these up. Oh, we had the ball 45 seconds. We had a punt or we turned it over or something like that. But getting back to the rushing side of it, I know this is a stat we really want to talk about. And I did a double take when I saw it. Nobody, and I repeat, nobody had it going into game four. Peyton Thorne was going to be this team's leading rusher. Yeah. I, 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 I think we can safely say, by and large, that is a bad thing. Even worse. Okay, and even worse, let's zoom out. If you had told anybody, just take, take Thorne's name out of it. Right? By week four, Auburn's leading rusher would have 140 yards with the asterisk that Jarquez Hunter would be playing for two of those games, I don't think anybody saw this one coming. So that right. the run game and how do people kind of counter? Well, man, look at the averages. Look at the averages. Da 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 da. But it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't love, I don't necessarily love that aspect of it. The the averages there because it's like you're factoring in. You got UMass and Sanford there. And then I get it. Well, you know, they're running the ball. It's cow and you turn it over. But yeah, but it's still the body of work that the longest run thus far was um, Thorne with 38. And then you had Cobb that had 42. And you had, uh, oh, I didn't realize oh, that was Sean Jackson, 45. But these, a lot of these were kind of like these garbage time deals. The fact that DeMar, the, I guess the biggest thing to me is DeMari's longest run is 13. And Jarquez's is 19. That means these defenses are keying in on Auburn's two main running backs and not letting them be efficient. And that is when I say defenses, Sanford and UMass were included in those as well, at least well, right. for Jarquez, but you get what I'm saying. So these guys got to be effective in busting out these big game-changing runs and chipping away with higher-level defense. And we know A&M's got a strong front seven. It seems to be their defensive backs have been struggling, but – I really do think the name of the game on this one is going to be they're going to have to beat them through the air. They're going to have to pass to set up the run. Yep. I don't know if they're going to try to do that. That seems to be the most effective way to do it. It's a little scary 
that Peyton Thorne is 500 yards passing, and you look here at Connor Wegman, who's got like 900 yards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Connor Wegman is also passing at a 70.5 percent. That's right. That's right. Eight TDs, two interceptions. He's only his, been sacked twice. His adjusted is 80 percent. He's had four drops on the season. But you want to know the scariest part? Yeah. Connor Wegman's rushing yards. You know what they are? Mm, I don't 69. Know. Oh yeah. I don't want, yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go like, I don't want to go against any QB <laughs> whose rushing yards are at 69. That, that Fair is, Fair that enough. is, a, that is a man who's on fire. And oh, I mean, that's okay. a, I'm that's a hot number you. to be playing. That's a hot I'm, number to be playing. I'm with. done with you. I'm done with you. Uh, <laughs> Watch out for Wegman. Yeah. Look, it's going to be, it's, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this one goes. Um, I agree with you. I think it's going to be, uh, the AM passing game versus Auburn secondary, which by the way is pretty damn good. Auburn secondary has played out of their minds. Jalen Simpson leads the league in interceptions so far through three games. They are ball hawks. Um, the Kaufman should be back. We know that we're going to be missing Keontae Scott, but Kaufman should return. Uh, the, the young guy, uh, Kay and Lee has played well. Uh, DJ James is looking all conference. They should get, Nehemiah Pritchett back as well, too. So Mighty will return. And uh, it's going to be that strength on strength to me, right? Clearly, AM strength is their passing game. Uh, they got Anaya Smith and Evan Stewart at wide receiver memes and versus DJ James and the boys, at, 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 you know, in that defensive backfield. So I'll be interested to watch that and see how this goes uh, and and what Ron Roberts can scheme up, but ultimately you got to score points to win. If it key, it feels like I'm still harping on offense, it's because I am. How many times, memes in the last five six years have we been sitting here bemoaning an Auburn loss because Auburn couldn't put up 21 points on a team? Yeah, well let's uh, let's add insult to injury there mm-hmm. to just state that right now, as far as uh, your total offense um, leader is UCF, mm-hmm. so. You know, it's kind of like seeing, you know, it's like kind of like seeing seeing your ex happy with the next one. You're like, ah, oh, I've been real cool if that'd been me. So it that that's that kind of stings a little bit. We're like, all right, where where was that for the last you know decade? Oh, well, minus the first two years, but <clears throat> um, it's okay. Not bitter about it. But Auburn is a little bit lower on that, and kind of granted with the cupcakes and what Cal should have been. You'd have thought there'd been a, you know, maybe a hair bit more, but I guess on that, you know, a little asterisk there with those turnovers that Auburn was getting, that does get you a little bit shorter fields. Your drives aren't going to be as long there. So I guess there's got to be some context given that Auburn for the first time. And I mean, they, they, for years, uh, in the upcoming years, like they had really struggled with getting interceptions. It was always painful to watch because you'd see an Auburn defense going in, needing a huge stop. And you're just like, well, they are not like, they are not going to get a turnover here definitely not getting interception. I mean, that was something that it seemed like Harson defenses just didn't never really want to do. And even the steel kind of bend don't break, but it was never bend and pick. That was never a thing. So yeah, uh, it's nice to see that Roberts's schemes are allowing the secondary to, to feast. And I know we'd all love to see a little bit more sacks. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, defensive line is going to do with their biggest biggest test yet as well because I mean that you know the run stopping had been another thing 
that had been a little. Uh, they did well. Little... They did it well on the road versus Cal. Jay Knott was not a factor in that game outside of the one touchdown. Uh, you know, the Cal run game suffered. I mean, you know, it was a narrative coming in about about run defense. Um, I think mm-hmm. they played fairly well in run defense. The defense has been good all around, right? Like, um, but they've only played one power five team. These will be much better athletes that they're going up against on Saturday. So uh, we'll see. Uh, A&M is not showing a great commitment to the run so far this season. Yeah. And that was going to be something I was going to, uh, that was something I was going to mention there. So it's, it's ironic because technically if you're looking at just raw rushing yards, even though you feel like it hasn't been there, Auburn is actually leading the sec in rushing. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like a, it's kind of a weird you scratch your head at that. And I guess, are we really? But it's just you haven't seen those big bust out plays, like I said, by your running back. So it didn't feel like it. And then in Cal, you kept fumbling the ball when you were running it. So you didn't even, you know, you didn't really feel like the momentum you had was gone. But if you look at that, so Auburn is leading in rushing with 647. Now, a lot of that's been spread out by the quarterbacks. And obviously, Peyton Thorne padded that a lot against Sanford. So, for sure, you know, we early in the season, you got to put asterisks on a lot of things statistically. But one thing we can look at here is you're looking at totality of yards. AM is at 389. Um, the other side of that, too, is the um, the average game uh, is 215. Really, we'll say rounded up 216 for Auburn. Auburn, yeah. That leads the SEC, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Both of them lead the SEC. But yeah, now, leads the SEC. yeah, yeah. Where you get to AM, that average is, is 129.7. I'm not rounding up for AM, so they're mm. at 129. And, um, so, I mean, it's going to make the match for that side of the matchup. It is good for Auburn because it's like, all right, you know, a chain's not there anymore. And M strength is the passing Auburn's defensive strength is a secondary. That's a good matchup. Now let's kind of flip the script a little bit because we know that's going to be the, the thing to see there. And I mean, I think the key takeaway there is the defense, especially in the secondary is going to have to generate turnovers, most likely through interceptions. Right. But what do we think about the matchup? Like, Auburn's because I know you've said it, Mike. You've said it. This offense has no identity. So what is? And you got to score points to win. I mean, you know, can the defense stop them? Can the defense do what they need to do? That's great and all. But if you hold them to ten points, you score zero, or you score seven, or you score nine, you still lose. So what does the offense have to do to get some points up there? And what is that? Uh, You you need a ten. You you need at least three hundred and seventy-five to four twenty-five in total offensive yards. I think that if you score less than 24 points in this game on the road, you lose. So mm-hmm. they need three touchdowns and a field goal, man, in this one, if they expect to stay in this game with a and um, I do think that it's possible, though, as a variation for Auburn to win a low-scoring, knock-it-out, drag-it-out type of game. But that assumes that the offense doesn't turn the ball over and they don't give A&M any short fields. So, like... Um, you know, Auburn is going to have to play solid defense in this, but ultimately I think that AM is going to be able to move the ball just well enough to get to 20 plus 24 points, right? Some of that will come, you know, unfortunately off of mistakes from Auburn. Uh, you know, I think that home field advantage is worth at least seven points as well too. And so, I, I can't see Auburn. I think Auburn loses by 10 in this one. Uh, if they do what we've seen, they lose by 10 easily. If they do something else offensively, then it, I think I do truly think it's a toss up. 
So, you know, we'll see. I don't I don't know. I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the, what they've shown us offensively so far. I got to say memes like it, with, with Peyton Thorne, it, it, you know, the disappointing thing about him has been for a transfer that has two years of starting experience at the Power 5 level, this has been a disappointing start for him. Mm-hmm. Your coach gave you the job and said, you know, hoping that you would stop pressing if he just came out and said you were the starter because he felt like he was pressing. Those are Hugh Freeze's words. Those aren't mine. And, uh, you know, through three games, he's looked pretty mediocre. I think there was way too much celebration about what he did versus Sanford. And um, I don't know if we know if any of that is real, right? Like, yeah, the stats are real, but it's, it's you know, you don't have any, you don't have many Sanfords on the schedule. You know what I mean? You've got, yeah. top, you've got top 20, top 15 teams coming back to back to back. And you're going to find out who you are for real, for real. Here yeah, in the yeah, and that's what I've just said. I'm not I can't really draw any conclusion for what's happening because it's just too early. There's not an accurate sample of a body of work to really say it. And a uh an example here. <laughs> well, you can't draw any positive conclusions. What you're saying is is that you haven't seen enough positive to say anything positive is gonna happen, but you can certainly even, draw, I think, some negative saw- conclusions. I mean, even if you saw all the pops in the world and um, I hate to, I hate to kind of use this comparison because it's going to go pretty far back, but an example is going to be, I know it's a, your guy, but Chris Todd and I've kind of compared the season. So this is going to kind of stay with my, uh, my theme here, but I've uh, kind of made the early prediction that the season could be very uh, 2009 esque. Hear me out. You saw all these records getting broken. It was the it was the Gus. It was the first year of Gus Malzahn as being offensive coordinator. Everyone was I don't know about Chris Todd, and then you got the shoulder procedure, and he was just lighting it up. And versus teams that were worse than Auburn or like comparable talent, Chris Todd's numbers were pretty freaking good, and he was just like lighting people up. Mm-hmm. But then the second you play teams that were better than Auburn or Kentucky. That was a good Kentucky team. I'll give them credit there. It was really cold that game. I was there too. The numbers just drastically fell off. Like you did not see the, uh, you didn't really see it, especially there in the middle of the season. So mm-hmm. that team started really strong in the, in the beginning of the year. I mean, they just beat the brakes off Mississippi State. They had that comeback rain game against West Virginia. Yeah. They just padded all the stats with Ball State. They beat that Lane Kiffin uh, Tennessee coach team at Tennessee. And then you laid an egg with Arkansas, Kentucky, LSU. You had a nice win against some um, old men. Anyway, so we don't need to go back that far. But point of it being, if you look at the statistics there, Todd's numbers and kind of like the offensive numbers as a whole, like if you'd have looked at those first few games, you're like, oh my gosh, we are going to be unfreaking beatable. But then when the talent really throttled up, the team as a whole just didn't have all the pieces there to scale it and yeah. you could say a lot of factors you know quarterback new system new coaches that well a lot of factors back then that are also similar to now is it a coincidence could it repeat who knows i'm kind of leaning to the fact just pure speculation because i got to make a take so we're making a take that you're going to see something similar to that this year and that's just kind of the growing pains of new players new systems new coaches mm-hmm. and maybe when the competition throttles up a little bit everything doesn't click 
on all cylinders. And when it dials down, you're like, oh, wow, it's really there, which is good because obviously we know the momentum that that led to in the future. Obviously, we just got to get the recruiting to continue the momentum, something that we feel confident that Hugh Freeze can do better than Gus Malzahn did. But I think the, uh, I really do think the kicker there with what's going to happen with Auburn, kind of like I said earlier, is in this 09, once again, had a very similar trajectory. You're going to see uh, a lot of those growing pains happen in very hostile away yeah. game environments. And one of the worst ones there, I mean, the score was bad, but the gameplay was even worse, was at LSU. They were ranked number nine at the time. And I uh, I, I thought A&M was going to be a bloodbath. I don't think it's going to be necessarily a bloodbath anymore. I think it could look ugly, but mm-hmm. I think the defense can hopefully get it from getting just out of control. But I think, uh, I think Baton Rouge in a few weeks could be tough because you could be coming off that, you know, just win yanking uh, loss from Georgia. Maybe a bye week will help even it out, but LSU's number 12. Mm, Who knows what they could look like then? Yeah, maybe. Uh, All right. Well, that might be a thing. I'm just saying, just watch that LSU game being a tough one. Well, certainly it's going to be an interesting season. Like, I don't don't know that you gave me an actual score prediction. Before we close out here, give me a score prediction for Saturday. Okay. Exact score. Yeah, because I think everybody said the under for Cal. So, uh, or sorry, everybody thought the over for Cal was going to hit. Um, it didn't. We've been hitting a lot of unders this season. Yep. So, uh, I think it's going to be, you're going to have to have a lot of passing this game on both Wait, sides. Tom, I think. What's the over under on this one? Uh, total score? Yeah. Um, what's it? 51? 51 and a half right now. Okay. So, there, so Vegas is saying. So it seems like Vegas is leaning that this could be a little bit more on the lower side. Yeah, like 24, like 28, 21 or something. I, I yeah. called this one 38, 31, 21. So just to just to let everybody know, as we stand now, according to the, the ESPN matchup predictor, it's uh 33% the 67% AM to win the game. Yep. Uh you got the over there. Or you said that you said the what the score number is for Vegas. I'm just going to be a little contra, you know, contrarian and just say that maybe this is the game where it just they're going to hit the over and the points are just going to start flying. Uh, just because it's going to, I'm thinking solely just because there's going to be more passing, maybe that'll slow the clock down a little bit and just give each team more opportunity okay. to score. Uh, and then if somebody, especially if somebody kind of gets up early, the other team's going to have to do that to to catch up with it. So I'm going to go over. I'm right. going to say maybe like. Um, well, let's say maybe like I could see it. I could still see it being kind of like I want to say double digit. So I'm, I'm going to say maybe like 20, 24, maybe like 31. Okay. That's pretty close to where I was. I, was, I said 21, 31. Yeah. I think they're, they're kind of at least one field goal in there for sure. Yeah. I could see Auburn having one made and one missed. And then, um, yeah, 24. And I think a and going to score above 30 points and just, okay. you know, you know it, I could see it like I, I'm, just, I'm just for no other reason just to make a take. So when I have like no merit to have <laughs> to be right, like, I called this, you know, you're just complete by chance. I could see it like bam, bam, like scoring real quick and the game just like slowing down. And then just like all of a sudden, just the floodgates break. It's like points, 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 points. It should be one of those things where it's just like it kind of comes down the fourth quarter and just. Auburn just runs out of a little more steam. 
solely because, like I said, it's an away game. And I think uh, if this were at Auburn, I'm not even thinking about it because it doesn't, you know, you don't want to do that to yourself. But if it were at Auburn, I might, uh, I might start, I might start thinking some things, but we're not. Said well, memes has got it uh, 31 24. You've heard it here, guys. I've got it 31 21. I think no field goals for Auburn. I think the field goal goes to AM. Uh, either way, one of us will be right, one of us will be wrong, both of us will be right. Both of us will be wrong. We'll see what happens on Saturday. I certainly want to thank Auburn Means for joining me tonight to talk a little Auburn versus Texas A&M. We'll be back at you guys next week talking about what happened and talking about Auburn's next matchup, which will be doom, 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 Georgia at home. Can't wait to talk about that one, Memes. Uh, guys, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and get out of here. Thank you for listening to the Auburn Express powered by the War Report. See you guys next week. Signing off, as always, we're Eagle. Lord.